With the news media reporting increasingly more data breaches and cybersecurity events, and the use of personal data in ways that invade people's privacy, you need to know how to keep your business's data, not to mention your own personal data, safe from hacks and your business operating in the most secure environment. Otherwise, this can not only hurt your business reputation, it can cost you clients. Welcome to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. We're here to help you prevent potential damages and losses before the hackers even have your number. Now, here is the Privacy Professor and your host, Rebecca Harold. Hello and welcome to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. I'm Rebecca Harold, your host. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the 105th episode of my show. Please subscribe to my show on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or whatever your favorite podcast or news app is. And also, please subscribe to my show on the Voice America Business Channel website. And then you will be notified just as soon as each new show is available. Thank you to all my listeners throughout the world. I sincerely appreciate you in all of the 70 plus countries where you are located. Thank you also for sending all your messages and please keep them coming. My November Privacy Professor Tips message was published on Halloween October 31st. So you can sign up for them by going to privacyguidance.com or privacysecuritybrainiacs.com and submitting your email in the box on your screen. And they are free as they have always been since 2005. And speaking of the topic of my privacy professor tips, my topic for the November issue is scams, and it's scams of a very wide variety. So, for our show today, the topic corresponds with my November tips topic, and we're going to focus on a longtime scam and occurrence that, well, it's been increasingly irritating, for to say the least, but also increasingly malicious in a very wide variety of ways, and it's been increasing in irritation and maliciousness for decades, actually. It's the topic of scam robocalls. And just for a very quick review, especially for my international listeners, robocalls basically first started here in the U.S. in the 1980s. So why did they start then? Well, Think about uh, what was going on in the 1980s. Computers started to become less expensive, particularly personal computers. And you also had software that actually created and performed robocalls. Those programs became much more accessible. Back then, usually robocallers started ringing you around supper time or so, right? It seemed anyway. And, you know, basically people were getting irritated that they kept being interrupted with all these robocalls trying to sell things. Well, there was action taken in the U.S. then in response to this. And 
the U.S. Federal Communications Commission, or FCC, after this became more and more of a problem, the FCC took some time and they they regulated then. They, they created the regulation and enacted the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, or TCPA. So this is a federal law that is administered by the FCC, and they set the rules and penalties. This regulation contains some options for consumers to use that were meant to prevent those types of unwanted calls and then later on down the road, text messages. The Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, then subsequently established and still manages the Do Not Call Registry and provides information to consumers to try and combat these unwanted robocalls as well. However, robocalls still occur and and it seems like I get multiple scam robocalls each day. Of course, I'm out here, I'm talking about security and privacy. My phone number's on my website, so I'm not surprised. But it's such an interesting range of calls. I mean, from robocall crooks trying to trick me in a wide variety of methods to take my information or to get my money through some sort of new phone or texting scheme. Well, today, my guest is an expert who has more experience and expertise and knowledge and passion, I believe, about wiping out robocall scams than anyone else I know. I see him writing about this and speaking about this often. He is also a longtime friend of mine. I've known him for, gosh, maybe 20 years or so. Today I'm speaking with Ben Rothke, a senior information security manager at TAPID with over 20 years of experience in information system security and privacy. Ben is also a frequent speaker at industry conferences such as RSA and MISTI, and Ben holds numerous industry certifications and is a member of many different professional associations. I believe Ben has also become the probably the leading authority on robocall scams. See much more about Ben in his bio on my Voice America episode page. Ben, thank you so much for being my guest today. Welcome to my show. Oh, thanks. Glad to be here. Well, I'm excited to to speak with you about this because, you know, I get tired of all those scam calls and robocalls too. But I'm curious, and I'm sure my listeners are too, what got you interested in starting to look deeply at robocalls and robocall scams and so on? Yeah, so um, so I've been working from home since around March 2020 uh, due to COVID. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, working from home, the uh, home phone rings and, you know, naturally uh, I pick it up and, you know, you get these people trying to sell things and they just hang up. But then I, I noticed after a while, you know, these weren't uh, one-off calls and uh, sort of as an information security professional, you always want to understand the big picture, uh, you know, what's going on and, you know, w- what this is about. and. I found out, uh, you know, a friend, you know, more than one friend of mine, you know, highly intelligent people 
uh, they became victims of these scammers. So, oh, oh you know, just spent some time yeah, trying to uh, investigate, you know, what was going on and, you know, try to help others. You know, you get all these calls about Amazon refunds, Social Security arrest warrants. There's credit card scammers, you know, et cetera, you know, uh, extended auto warranties. So mm-hmm. I just sort of... Um, I said, you know, if you, you know, it's like when you get one wrong number, okay, fine. But you know, when, when things are happening repetitively, you want to dig deeper and see, you know, these are not just you know random people, uh, you know, trying to sell you a, a vacation. You know, these are large, well organized, sophisticated, multi billion dollar businesses, uh, and Americans are being scammed. Yes, yes, and and I know you've probably gotten a lot of them too. And it, it's just weird to me, the, the types of robocalls that I got get as well. I mean, the, their methods are just so wide ranging. Um, now, as I mentioned at the top of the show, robocalls have been around for decades, but do you see robocalls suddenly being a larger concern? Um, yeah. And it's important though, also just, you know, we need to delineate between there's, robocalls and scam robocalls so mm-hmm. robocalls themselves are um are, are not a problem i mean think um you know recently we had um uh, hurricane ian uh-huh. so, um, you know thousands of calls you know went out um to alert people and those saved lives imagine you know you're part of a, a school district and there's a um a snow day or school closure etc etc you know robocalls are a great way to let you know hundreds, thousands of people uh, quickly know about something. Meaning if, you, uh, if you're if you a school principal and there's, you know, 8,000 kids in the school, um, you know, to make 8,000 separate calls to let them know there's no school that day, you know, you won't get to people until, uh, you know, 10 at night. So those type of robocalls are uh, a good thing. But like everything, you know, scammers know um, how to uh, you know use technology for nefarious purposes? They're never scammers are going to never get let an opportunity you know go by the wayside. Uh, you know Bob uh, you know Bob Sullivan, who's a well known investigative reporter, mm-hmm. had a uh, piece on his website uh, at the end of September, and he showed how you could call every phone in Los Angeles for about a thousand dollars. So the economics of scam robocalling. Uh, make life easy for scammers. You know, they've made it really cost-effective to dial entire cities. Um, and, you know, all you need is a, is a few victims. You know, imagine you're going to send, um, um, an, you want to try to scam people by mail to everyone in Los Angeles. You know, sending, you know, 5 million pieces of mail is going to cost you about, a you know, in postage, handling, you know, paper, it could cost you a million dollars, but if you want to call all those people, you could do it for a thousand dollars. And all you need um, is a few victims, you know, to be profitable. Most of these, you know, we can talk about this later. Um, you know, a lot of these are these scam call centers are operating offshore, uh, where uh, you know a thousand, you know, three thousand dollars, you know, is a year's salary. Um, mm-hmm. And so their success is, you know, after a million calls, if they get two people to answer. That's a success, though. In, in this case, our technology is being used against us. And just to clarify, too, for my listeners, I think it's a really important point that you made about um, these $1,000 uh, methods 
to go out and make these calls. This is automated. So if my listeners didn't catch that earlier, it's not like they're going, you know, people are actually making one call at a time themselves physically, right? It's it's automated. Right. Yeah. These are, you know, automation is a, uh, is a great thing. You know, we, uh, in IT, we try to automate as much as, as we can. Um, and when it comes to these calls, you know, there are software systems that could dial, um, you know, hundreds, thousands of calls, uh, you know, uh, per minute. And, you know, you, even, you know, and they're constantly doing that, you know, nine to five, nine to nine. And, um, and that's how these work. Yeah, clearly, you know, the old days of, uh, if you remember, um, you know, Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ross, you know, these guys are making, you know, one call from a payphone. you put the quarter in so they could do maybe, I know, 20 calls an hour. You know, now we're, you know, the, the scales with technology, we're talking about uh, dialing 100,000 calls per minute. Oh, yeah. And, and like you said, it only takes a small percentage of that. Um, to actually fall for the scam in order to get a return on your money. And I'm curious, um, Ben, some of my scammers who call, they call and then they connect me with a real person, but then that real person says, oh, well, I would like to transfer you to our other, you know, our expert in this so they can answer any questions. It's almost like they even have a very sophisticated, if you will, type of, of triage for finding their, their victims. I mean, have you seen that as well? Yeah. I mean, I mean, people are finding, you know, people who are ransomware victims, you know, the ransomware operations are well organized. You know, they have help desks, mm-hmm. you know, the website, and they'll walk you through, you know, what exactly you need to do. Um, and so these operations, uh, they're large businesses and, um, you know, think about a you know business of you know a thousand people in the U.S. You know, you need HR, you need all these things. So they're they're well organized. They've got scripts. You know, they do a good job. So they may have, um, in the case of um, you know auto warranties, you know they'll get some basic information, then they'll transfer you to someone you know perhaps in the U.S. So that person in India, you know, may get you know ten dollars for that referral. So um, you know, mm-hmm. they're handing you off. And once again, this, these are, don't think of these as like some, uh, you know, college student, you know, in his basement. These are, these are full-blown business with management, with oversight, uh, people who have to produce. And once again, very well organized. Um, and, you know, they, they've got a system, they have processes, etc. Yeah, I've even read at one time uh, or in one article that some of them even offer, you know, insurance and, and other benefits like vacation time and so on. So, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is, you know, sad to a degree. You know, I've even, you know, I've been engaged with some of these, you know, they've tried to scam me on Instagram and I, I engage with them. And, and, and situations in Nigeria and the Philippines, uh, in India, there is not a lot of opportunity. I mean, that's why people want to come to the United States because there is a lot of opportunity there. And for uh, for many of these people, um, the only opportunities they have uh, may be to, you know, work in a, a scam call center. So it's a, um, you know, the economics for the scammers, you know, works both ways. Uh, that's a good point. I mean, 
I, I've even seen some shows where the scammers, after the fact, uh, when they stop being scammers, they say that they felt bad, but they felt like that was the only thing they could do to make money. So, you know, they had to survive. It sounds like that's kind of what you're talking about, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, what it is, you know, you want to pay your rent, you know, you want to, you know, um, you know, get food for your kids. Um, you know, these are definitely, uh, you know, difficult, you know, situations. And the, um, uh, the people who run these operations are, are feeding off their desperation. I mean, this goes into, you know, even in, uh, in the human trafficking issue, you know, you know, this is why, uh, you know, these women are looking for opportunities. They think they could be, you know, legitimate, um, you know, hostesses. Uh, next thing they, they know, they're, uh, you know, indentured servants with no way out. Right. It becomes a trapped in, in doing something. Well, there's so many different ways, too, that these scam robocalls, uh, different tactics. Because I know I've even, like, you mentioned the car warranties. That one I've gotten a lot. Um, but also the the threatening uh, scam calls where, you know, I've gotten a lot of like from the IRS and for my international listeners, the IRS is our, our federal tax agency, basically. So I've gotten calls from callers who said they're from the IRS and I got to get them my information and pay them or, you know, I'm going to jail. I've also had calls from, per, they said that they were the police and that I had to pay them. It's always weird because it's like, oh, well, you need to either pay us over the phone by credit card or send us a, a gift card. <laughs> and it's like, oh, this is an interesting way for a, you know, a, an official agency to do business. That should be a, one of the red flags, right? Yeah, I mean, once again, you know, they've got, they're playing offense. And so, you know, you're at home reading the paper, you know, doing whatever you want, suddenly get a call uh, from the IRS saying, you know, there's a warrant out for your arrest. Mm-hmm. And initially, it's like, you know, it's when you're driving down the road and you see these lights, red lights in the rearview mirror, your heart, you know, your blood pressure, you know, triples. Yes. You're, hap- you're happy when the cruiser carries on. But that initial fear is terrifying. And for a lot of people, you know, they trust, but they don't verify. And, you know, they've got the, they talk about, you know, social security arrest warrants. Mm-hmm. And with it, you could go, you know, follow the link and you could hear these recordings. And it's, you know, it's, if you listen to it objectively, it's beyond absurdity. But the point is, if you pick up the phone, and a lot of people, when they hear arrest warrant, they're just going to, cooperate because these people are speaking in an authoritative voice uh they pretend like they have authority and they throw out lie after lie arrest warrants sheriffs will be on the way to your house etc etc you know it's important and you know something as simple as um you say you know could i bring my lawyer on the phone and they'll they don't want that and you know that's something as simple as you know uh, any Federal authority would, you know, will allow you to do that. But, you know, people get caught up in the, in the heat of the moment in the same way, you know, people fall for timeshares. You know, they go for, uh, you know, a free dinner and next thing they know, they buy this timeshare for life. They uh, they can't be objective. So they, the scammers capitalize on that and they use pressure, lies, fear. 
and uh, you know, hearing you're going to be uh, arrested, and knowing the nature of the the IRS uh, is going to scare anybody. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, so so we have the tactic of scaring people. How about robocalls to like say you've won things? Are those are those still as popular as they used to be? Because it seemed like there was always oh calling because you've gotten a you know won a free trip or we found somebody who is you know a relative of yours you may not have known about and you are inheriting i'm not saying every call you get about a vacation is uh, is from a scammer i challenge you to find anyone in the united states who's ever gotten an unsolicited call about a vacation that wasn't a scam that's a good point. I mean, you know, it, it's you know, it's as simple as that. And and once again, it is you know, they they call and get these free vacations. There's a place of uh, Vallarta Gardens in Puerto. Uh, I think it's in Puerto Vallarta, but it's, and and someone wrote he thinks Vallarta Gardens exists just to scam people. And and so you you know they they call and they want to sell you these vacations, and you get you know. $9,000 worth of vacation, free airfare, unlimited tequila, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All you do is pay, uh, you know, $390 reservations fees. You know, all of these are scams. Once again, is if your phone is ringing now, assume it's a scam unless you know otherwise. Uh, and especially travel, vacation, um, you know, as I said, is I challenge you to find anyone of the 300 30 million Americans who've, who've gotten an unsolicited call about vacations that wasn't a scam. Wow. That's quite a number. <laughs> I mean, and that's just about, that's just for that one type of scam. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And, you know, people, you know, people get, as I said, it's uh, the irrational exuberance, you know, free this, free that does. And they throw out these exotic locations, Miami, um, you know, Turks and Caicos, and here and there, you could bring two friends. You know, it goes on and on and on. And, um, you know, you ask them, well, why are you giving me such a great vacation? It says, well, we want you to have a good time, and you tell your friends. And, you know, it sounds nice, mm-hmm. uh, but once, it's, a, it's a complete scam. Um, they're going to take your 400 your $800 reservation fee, and you'll never, you know, be able to use that vacation. So do those type of of scams, when it it is, I guess, uh, I don't want to say legitimate, but, you know, it's it's not like the other scams where um, it's trying to threaten you and things like that. Are there many of those that are actually originated in the U.S. or are they still primarily all outside of the U.S. where they originate from? Yeah, I think it goes, uh, you know, it goes both ways. I mean, something like, you know, solar energy, like you know, solar energy is legitimate. There are a lot of great companies out there that will sell you solar panels. But uh, a lot of these, when you're getting cold calls, they're making you, uh, promising you a whole lot. And often you're overpriced significantly. Um, the quality of the panels are not that great. The interest is high, etc. So that's something that's a uh, a legitimate um, uh, something legitimate 
but they're just you know scamming you on that end. Um, you know, extended auto warranties. Oh, you know, yeah. Often, you know, these are legitimate. If you, I mean, strictly speaking, these are actually called extended service contracts. Only the manufacturer could issue a warranty. If you want an extended warranty, you know, call your dealer, call your finance company, and they will, they can sell you these most often at the time of purchase. And you could always get them cheaper, always get them cheaper than when the cold callers are doing it. And you know it's going to be legitimate when you're getting it directly from your Ford Toyota dealer. Uh, the issue is, you know, they often, many of these uh, companies will send you what they call an extended auto warranty. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have a policy, but you have no real coverage. And then on the other side, there's some things that are complete scams, like the Amazon refunds. Um, mm. And, you know, those are, you know, where they uh, say, uh, you've got an iPhone and we have to cancel it. What they do is they'll use um, remote control software like TeamViewer uh, to go in. Um, they'll have you log into your bank account and they will nice. drain your bank account uh, before you know it. Yes. Uh, you know, um, yeah. There's so many different tactics out there. and. Uh, I, I know you've you have like you mentioned hundreds of recordings, so I can only imagine um, <laughs> all the different tactics. But right yeah. now we're we're coming up on uh, on a break at this point in time. When we come back, uh, Ben, I want us to get a little bit more into what the government has done or could do or needs to do with regard to um, you know addressing this widespread problem that everybody faces. But right now it's time for a quick break to hear from our sponsors. I'm speaking today with Ben Rothke, cybersecurity expert, speaker, author, and foremost authority on robocall scams. I'm your host, Rebecca Harold, the privacy professor. Contact me with questions and comments about this show as well as show topic suggestions using my email, Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHarold.com and also through my privacy security brainiacs.com website. Please stay with us. We will be right back after these important messages from my sponsors. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Privacy Professor is your trusted source for effective information security, privacy and compliance advice, compliance tools, education, consulting, expert witness services, research, report writing, and board positions. Visit us online at privacyguidance.com. Rebecca also provides keynote speeches and her free Privacy Professor monthly tips messages she has published since 2007. Visit privacyguidance.com for help and answers to your questions. Small businesses are in trouble and it didn't just start with COVID-19. 
from the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently. Small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. The Privacy Security Brainiacs team wants everyone responsible for security, privacy, and compliance to stay up to date with the latest news, risks, and security and privacy practices. Check out their growing library of topics not offered by others. Privacy Security Brainiacs also wants every business to perform automated risk assessments, which are free or value-priced for all types of security and privacy topics. You need to find out more about Privacy Security Brainiacs. Visit privacysecuritybrainiacs.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. If you have a question or comment about the program, feel free to send an email to Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHerald.com. That's Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHerald.com. Now, back to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor. Welcome back to Data Security and Privacy with the Privacy Professor on Voice America's Business Channel. I'm your host, Rebecca Harold, and I'm speaking today with Ben Rothke, cybersecurity expert, speaker, author, and foremost authority on robocall scams. So in the first segment, we talked a lot about the different types of robocall scams that are out there. Um, but now let's visit, you know, what has the U.S. government or maybe even other in other countries, what those governments what have they done to stop the scam robocalls? And Ben, you know, I, I mentioned the the two different regulations from the FCC and from the FTC at the beginning of the show, but what's your opinion on this about what the U.S. government could do or is doing? Yeah, this is, uh, we could spend hours on this, but yeah. in, in a nutshell, sort of, it's a bit of a roundabout answer, but as President Calvin Coolidge said, the business of America is business. With that, you know, hundreds of billions of robocalls means someone is being charged for these. So it really would take us hours to go over the complexities of telecommunications building, billing, and then we'd only scratch the surface. But at a high level, for every call, there's a corresponding charge for it. Charge for it. It's often you know, fractions of a cent. But when dealing with tens, hundreds of billions of calls, you know, these adds up to, you know, many billions of dollars, which gets to the, the core of the issue is that the telcos make money off the robocalls. Mm. They also make money off the anti-robocall plans they sell, but that's a little different. So stopping these robocalls means, you know, lessening the profits. Uh, if the FCC tries to do that, they're going to find themselves, you know, hounded by lobbyists from Verizon, ATT, T-Mobile, etc. Um, you know, with it at a practical level, there is challenges 
uh, in stopping these calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's international telco agreements that have to be honored. Um, there's spoofing of robocalls. But with that, you know, Verizon, you know, this is Verizon's extraordinarily sophisticated company. They know they have control over their network. They know where these calls are coming in. Uh, if they wanted to stop these calls, you know, if if they weren't getting paid for these calls, you know for certain, you know, they would be at the forefront to stop it. They know exactly where these calls are originating. You know, on Google Maps, you could point to the specific call centers in Chennai and Bangalore with their, where they're coming from. Meaning, if some idiot, you know, wants to make these calls one by one, we, we could never stop them. But you can't just start making 100,000 calls a minute, you know, from your home. You know, you need, a, 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 you, you need existing contracts. Uh, you need ex- existing infrastructure, you know, to do that. Um, and so once again, big telco knows exactly what's going on, but they have no incentive to stop it because they're making um, profits off it, profits off it. You know, telco is a extremely, you know, complex infrastructure um, from the government perspective. Oversight over telco is from the Senate subcommittee on communications, media broadband uh, of the U.S. Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation. Um, Just reading from it, this subcommittee has jurisdiction over all sectors of communications, including wired and wireless telephony, internet, commercial, and non-commercial cable, satellite, broadcast satellite communications, public safety, etc. That's a huge mouthful. With that, there's 24 senators on the subcommittee. And you have to ask yourself, do these senators really understand everything they're 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 tasked with oversight the answer is no the answer is no human being could know of that and um you know so i complained to all 24 senators and about the robocall issues i i outlined exactly what the issue is and some of my proposed solutions i got 20 i I got a lot of generic replies ted cruz who is uh, on the senate subcommittee his reply was to contact my home state senator on the issue, but my home st- state senator told me to t- contact Ted Cruz because he has no jurisdiction. Uh, Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin is on the subcommittee. I tried to reach out to her, but she only accepts messages from Wisconsin residents, even though she's on a subcommittee that re- represent uh, all Americans. So if I wanted to, I could take you know a month off from work and try to meet with all the subcommittee members. And then even then, it will be limited success. But if I'm a if I'm a lobbyist from big, big telco, you know, I've got these senators on speed dial and I could easily get on their calendar. So with that, you know, you do the math. Um, you know, govern if government tries, they're gonna be pushed back by by the lobbyists. Um, there's a go and with that, there's a gold mine to be made by telco, there's a gold mine to be made by scammers. Uh, they know the odds of them being caught and prosecuted are extraordinarily low. Um, while the business of America's business, you know, fraud is a lucrative career option in large parts of the world. So it's a long-winded way of saying, you know, this is, a, this is complex. No one is incentivized, you know, to find a solution. Uh, Big Telco is making money off it. So until we take away, you know, those economics, um, um, 
you know, the problem is not going to go away anytime soon. So do not look to the government at all for a solution. Uh, if anything, you know, they're facilitating it. So I want to go back to those members. I'm so intrigued by that, and I'm very impressed that you took the time to to contact and write letters to each of them. But I'm curious, because if you did that, did you also happen to check to see who, like, because you were talking about the lobbyists. So did you happen to also notice if, uh, or look into who their donors were? You know, I mean, are, those lobbyists are probably donors, so... Yeah. Are, are you saying that, you know, the, the donors are the telcos who you're saying can do something, but if, if uh, it seems like a huge conflict of interest, and I, I understand, I'm not naive, I know there's a lot of conflict of interest throughout all these yeah. subcommittees, but still. It, yeah, it I mean, nice. you know, this is, uh, so, I mean, there was a, the old joke, um, the last recession was so uh, so bad. The mafia had to lay off three congressmen. Oh. Uh, the you know with that, I mean, th- this is where we you know democracy is wonderful. I, I wouldn't want to live in any other country. Uh, but with that, as I said, is if I want to uh, make an appointment with Ted Cruz or even my, you know, I have to get in line. If a lobbyist wants to. You know, they'll get in there, you know, tomorrow afternoon, etc. So there is a uh, there is a dark side to that. Uh, I, I'm not saying the FCC is a corrupt organization. Um, I'm not saying, you know, they aren't trying to, um, um, you know, to do, you know, what they can do. But but with that, you know, Brendan Carr, who's the chairman of the FCC, um He's he's on one side, you know, he's got to, uh, you know, limit big telco. On the other side, he has to listen to his constituents. You know, on the other side, you know, he's an elected official. And, uh, you know, Ben Rothke is, you know, one vote. Uh, but, you know, having Verizon behind you is a whole lot of votes there. So um, it is some ways a slightly dark side to democracy. I'm not saying there's uh, uh, people are... Um, being paid off but you know that is the uh, you know that is how things work you know lobbyists have extraordinary uh, amounts of power uh, that i as a private citizen you know can't have yes i'm wondering ben have you ever looked into if any of the lawmakers the senators or members of congress like have been victims of you know a robocall scam I mean, it would just—it'd be interesting to know yeah. if any of them have been, or maybe family members, and yeah. if they—if they would change their view, or if they would get on board more, if—if uh, if they were actually a victim. Yeah, I mean, I don't—I I don't know how many times Nancy Pelosi answers her phone. Um, in, in some ways, they may be sort of, you know, immune to that. Meaning, I see what you mean. I—I uh, yes. I, I mean. How many, you know, is uh, when you and I go to the grocery store over the past few months, you know, we felt the uh, we felt it when we checked out how many of the, you know, 100 U.S. senators have gone shopping um, in the last few months. Once again, the nature of their position also doesn't lend itself to go shopping and to answer the phones as much. I think not as much. Perhaps they're um, maybe they've had a friend, family, family member. But once Again, is 
the power of lobbyists in this country um, is extraordinarily is extraordinary. So, um, you know, even if um, you know, you know, some senator, you know, their uh, grandmother was a victim, um, it, it might play out an interesting news story. But in the long term, I don't think it would affect you know telco policy at all. Yeah. Well, and then to to your other point about um, you know these subcommittees and the the agencies like the FTC and the FCC, they they need to have the support of those subcommittees to take initiatives like that as well, right? I mean, they have to be um, supported or directed by the lawmakers to expand. Uh, their enforcement methods or scope of applicability. Yeah, and what this is, if, if these um, there's like about you know forty subcommittees, then they have uh, special select and other committees, and, and and these are very broad. Think of you know arms. One of the most powerful committees is the Armed Services Committee. Now you've got this committee for U.S. Military. That's everything from Air Force Marines. Um, these are extra, a mile wide and a mile deep, and um, you know do, we can't expect a U.S. senator uh, who's got his quote unquote day job, you know, to really understand all these. So often they're relying on their staff, and that staff is influenced by the lobbyists. And this is goes through whether it's the Finance Subcommittee, you know. Uh, appropriations, etc. So, um, does you know um, uh, Commissioner Carr, who heads up the FCC, for example, does he understand all aspects of the telecommunications industry? I don't think so, and I, I'm not blaming him for that any more than you know the Surgeon General is expected to know everything from you know oncology to nephrology, mm-hmm. you know, to psychiatry. Um, and so with that, the, a, a lot of the power, um, a, a lot of the influence, you know, comes from, uh, their underlings and from these, these lobbyists, uh, just due to the very complexities as it is, you know, transportation and infrastructure. If you're sitting on this committee, you know, do you know, trains, planes, automobiles, as it is, you know, tr- you know, you need 50 Einsteins. And once again, is it's so broad and it's so difficult. Um, the system does work, but it's not without its inherent problems. Yeah, as you get bigger, why there's it makes things more yeah. challenging as well. Well, well, then it sounds like our listeners will need to take some, you know, have to take some of their own initiatives and be more aware. And I and you're making them more aware. But how can our listeners avoid being a victim of a robo? call scam when their phone rings you know what do you advise yeah. them yeah that's it you know it's clearly you know is uh it's you know uh, was it smoky the bear only you could prevent forest fires and so too you know only pretty much only you um could do that so you know with that if, you, if you're getting a cold call in 2022 about anything assume it is a um a scammer uh unless you know otherwise that's it you know, if you use common sense, you know, 90% of your problems will go away. Um, also, you, you know, you have to be on the defensive when you get a cold call. A, a popular one is, um, you know, you've been qualified for a 0% um, 
interest reduction and due to the Fair Credit Reporting Act, your debt could be wiped out. You can listen to these recordings. Complete lies. Uh, the FCRA says nothing like that. But people are on the call, then they do what they think is a 0% transfer. What they're doing is, yeah, it's 0%, but then they, they're, they're being, that's for like 30 days, and then their credit card is being moved to a different card with 25% interest. Um, so it's really, you know, use common sense, trust, but verify. Um, and importantly, you know, never, you know, give out confidential credit card or personal information on an initial call. Mm-hmm. Uh, just don't. I mean, rarely, you know, think about your lifetime and your friend's lifetime. I mean, how many times have you gotten a call where you had to take, you know, immediate action? I mean, yeah, clearly is, you know, uh, your son calls it in the middle of the night, is, he's stranded, etc. But anytime, you know, someone wants to try to sell you something, um, you know, why should you have to make a decision immediately? You know, if, if you're calling me about my car warranty expiring now, then, you know, why didn't you call me a week, a week ago? Um, you know, tell them, you know, tell them you want to speak to your friends, your spouse, your lawyer uh, before moving forward. Uh, no legitimate company is going to tell you, you know, don't speak to your spouse. And th- th- they'll all try to make uh, excuses, especially in... Um, um, with the vacation scams, you can listen to this recording and say, you know, before I spent $800, I want to uh, speak to my wife about this. And then the guy goes into this pitch about how he bought his wife a vacation and then their marriage problems went away and she was the happiest ever. Um, <laughs> you have this with um, uh, Amazon scams. They say uh, they want you to install software. Uh, mm-hmm. And what you do is... Um, and once again, you know, Amazon is not going to call you, uh, you know, to, you know, Amazon, you know, if Amazon is detecting fraud, they're going to, you know, stop the order. No one ever needs to connect to your PC unless you initiate it. Um, remote control software is about, you know, when you call technical support and you have a problem, but, you know, and once again, you know, they make up all these things, you know, we're from security and we're going to do check your PC for hackers, um, and the end is, you know, finally just, just hang up, you know, nine, 98 times out of a hundred hanging up will solve the problem. Occasionally a scammer will call back, but the nature of these auto dialers is, uh, if you hang up, they'll just redial, uh, to the next, uh, next number. So hanging up, you know, don't be, uh, don't be afraid to, uh, you know, to hang up on someone, but the, the core issue is. You know, use common sense, you know, understand basic economics, um, you know, um, you know, understand that Social Security, IRS, none of these um, organizations will call you to say there's an arrest warrant. Uh, the U.S. Um, judicial systems has, you know, specific protocols, how these are done. You know, you get these people are served warrants and subpoenas, all these things in person, you know, the, the IRS, even if a person owes money, the IRS is not going to call you. And uh, one thing odd also is, you know, even if a person owes money to the IRS, um, they're not going to have you go to the local CVS uh, and pay them in gift cards. Yes. <laughs> um, but once again, is you know, y- you laugh at that and I laugh at it. But, you know, in the heat of the moment, yeah, yeah. Uh, people are, and what's the end is, 
for those in the U.S., you know, you understand how terrifying the IRS is. For the um, those outside the U.S., the Internal Revenue Service really, you know, can make a person's life hell. Uh, they could garnish wages. You know, they could lock bank bank accounts. So it is a um, um, uh, it, it can't be this massive bully. So they're capitalizing on that fear, that uncertainty, that doubt. And uh, in the heat of the moment, it's like when those um, you see those red lights in the rearview mirror, even if you know 100 percent you're, you're driving under the speed limit, you're terrified. Yeah. That's a normal reaction. Uh, they and they capitalize on that fear and they go on and on in pressure. And a lot of people just um can't deal with it. And you know, you have this in um in plane crashes. They try to re uh they do things with a simulator and they get experienced pilots. But even with that, a pilot in a simulator uh you know is very different from the pilot in a real-time emergency situation, you know. Yeah. When you're a simulator, simulator, you know, you know, you're going to walk out fine. Um, but you know, when it's a real time crisis, you know, the dopamine and all those things, you know, mm-hmm. things go haywire. So, uh, at the end of the day, you know, use common sense. Um, you hang up if you are in doubt. You know, um, don't ask for a callback number. You know, if they're saying from the IRS, um, you know, get their name, get their badge ID, and say, you know, I'll call you back the number listed on the IRS, IRS website. If it's in the one in a thousand chance, a legitimate IRS agent will say, fine, looking forward to your call. Um, and yes. illegitimate will never want you to do that. Yes. And one thing, too, that, of course, because of the business we're both in, Ben, and you've done a lot of recordings, when I start hearing the, the red flags of, oh, this is a scammer, I start recording because I've actually had one of my recordings used in the past to help, you know, shut down a scam, a robocalling group. But uh, that's that's another option, right? I mean, a lot of people are afraid, like, oh, well, that's a privacy issue if we're recording someone. Uh, it might be against the law, but yet on the other hand, if if it's a scammer, if it's a criminal then what are they going to do? Are they going to sue you for, you know, recording them committing a crime? Yeah. I mean, what's good is you just say, hey, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to be recording this call. You know, yeah. do I have your consent? You know, if they say no, then you disconnect it. But once again, no one legitimate is going to have a problem with you recording their call. I mean, right. obviously right. there might be certain situations, but, you know, if someone's trying to sell me a vacation, you know, with that, it, there's limited usage, you know, to that. Uh, but with that, it's, it, it really is just uh, people need to, you know, take, you know, take a deep breath. Uh, say, you know, can I call you back? Every legitimate business is going to, you know, call you back. You yeah. know, if there is, you know, and once again, is if there is going to be a warrant issued for your arrest from the IRS, you know, they, they do, these things don't happen out of the blue. It's months in the making. You've gotten notices, et cetera. Um, you know, it's not, And but what you get is they capitalize on fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And, um, um, you know, sometimes, you know, e- even uh, if they're coming, calling from an overseas call center, they'll make, um, you know, just engage and say, oh, you're calling from the IRS office in uh, Washington. 
you know, what part of DC are you in? Yeah. And, uh, and just, you know, that's a simple, you know, just say, where is your office? So again, and often they'll hang up on you because, you know, once you start asking questions, uh, that's a great way to, um, to get them to hang up on you because they want people who will be, should we say sheep and will just follow along. But if you ask questions, they know you're thinking out of the box. So once again, if they lose confidence that you're going to be a victim, they're going to hang up. They don't want to waste their time on you. And with that, you know, ask questions, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's, you know, uh, um, and with that, it, it, and you know, it, it, they're always going to use uh, uh, emergency and time constraints. It has to be now, and uh, it doesn't have to be now. You know, no legitimate business um, is going to you know put you under those time pressures. You know, you you invited me, you know, to be on this call. You know, you, you did that like you know two weeks ago. <laughs> you didn't say, "Hey, Ben, you know, we're we're going live in thirty seconds. Join yeah. uh, join the recording." And you know, as it is. And uh, it's sort of, uh, you know, if a, per- if a person is expecting a scammer to call, you know, then, you know, when uh, they try to engage them, uh, they'll be prepared. Sort of, and with that, realize, ni- I think, you know, 99% of the call- cold calls you get, you know, will be scammers in 2022 because uh, the-, the nature of the uh-huh. economics of it. And, uh, you know, most legitimate organizations um, are not calling. I mean, once again, if you've got an existing relationship with this company yeah maybe they'll call you you've given to uh, the united way you know maybe they will call you and um but once again as, as it is 99 percent of the cold calls you get 2022 scam yes well those are all great great advice points uh that you've been providing do you have any final point that you want to leave our listeners with we're getting to the end of the show here already They say, you know, one of the problems with uh, cell phones is you never experience the joy of slamming, uh, (laughs) you know, the, you know, uh, the phone into the, uh, into the main unit. Um, And, you know, so, you know, don't be afraid to hang up. As I said, as as I said, if it's a scammer, 99%, you know, they won't call you back. Um, if it's legit, you know, they may, you know, go in time out and call you back. But really, feel free, you know, hang up, you know, press disconnect, and uh, you're going to save yourself a lot of, you know, time. And uh, as it is, you know, it, do you re- there's a lot of news stories out there. A guy lost $150,000 to, to an Amazon scammer. So uh-huh. uh, nice to be courteous. It's nice to be respectful. Um, but hang yeah. up on a criminal. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, you know. Be nice, you know, when you hold the door open to someone uh, in the office, when someone's cold calling you, be more than happy to slam it down as hard as you can. Great stuff. Well, I will point uh, our listeners in uh, the show information to, to your recordings too, Ben. So I know our our guests uh, or our listeners will uh, love to hear that. So thank you for being on the show today. And now I have to, to kind of walk us out of the show. So today I've been speaking with Ben Rothke cybersecurity expert, speaker, author, and foremost authority on robocall scams. As you can tell, thanks again for being on the show. And listeners, please send feedback about this show. Would you like to hear more on this topic? Just let me know. And uh, you can get in touch with me using Rebecca Harold at RebeccaHerald.com. You can hear all my past shows on my business channel website, 
until our next show. Ask those that you do business with and work for if they're doing all they can to secure the information you've entrusted to them. Ask those people who call you unsolicited, you know, if ask some of those questions, find out if they're legitimate or if they're just scammers. Be privacy aware in the month ahead. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in this week. Data security and privacy with the Privacy Professor can be heard live the first Saturday of each month at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next time, stay safe.